0: Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out. Be heard. Influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard and influence. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says the simple truth is this, connectors find greater success in life. And if you don't realize it yet, we are now living in the age of networking. So, do you want to increase your influence and impact by becoming a better connector, but don't know where to start? Well, today's guest, is going to show you how. And joining me on the show today is Michelle Letterman. Michelle is an accomplished speaker, a trainer, a coach, and author of four books, including the internationally recognized The 11 Laws of Likeability. Now, she was named by Forbes as one of the 25 professional networking experts to watch. And a former NYU professor, financial executive, and recovering CPA, her words, she now works with organizations and individuals to help them build real relationships for greater results through her company, Executive Essentials. Now, on today's show, Michelle is going to share why do we need to be a connector, the seven levels of connectors, as well as the seven mindset of connectors. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. We know, and, and I've probably heard through business that networking is so, so important. But I love the way that you've said we're now living in the age of networking. It's so more important than it ever was. And so, today, we're really going to dive into to connecting and, and what is uh, a connector in those seven levels. But what interested you? You've got a great background, diverse background. What was it specifically around networking and connecting that attracted you? you that now you're really specializing in that area?
1: I I always say I teach all the mistakes I ever made so that you don't make them too. And I used to be that polarizing personality. That's where my research started around likability to understand what was it that I was doing that was causing either them to love me or to hate me, but there wasn't a whole lot of in between. and really understanding how does connection form and what enables connections to happen. But what I started to learn was that my results drastically changed when I took a relationship prioritization approach right and and that's what a connector is somebody who prioritizes relationships in all their interactions professional personal it doesn't matter the relationship comes first
0: yes i mean obviously you're going to talk a little bit about why be a connector we already you've just established it's so important to do that relationships what are some of the things before we dive into the seven levels of connectors what are the things that you want us to be aware of that maybe because of what's happened in the world now well, some of the things that people are still doing that would have been okay and and you know something that we would do in the past, but really moving forward into twenty twenty one, we need to realize that this is not helping us to be that connector and that person who are attracting our ideal clients and and stakeholders. What are some things that we need to be aware of? Don't do this moving forward.
1: The the what not to do, um, yeah. you know. There's one thing. And it's really interesting. This book came out in 2019. And in 2020, there has been a lot around um, the the social inequality and, and social injustice. And there's a whole section on the book about diversifying and expanding our connections. And you know, it's, it's great to know everybody in a certain field or everybody in a certain geographic region. It's even better when we can go broad. And when we diversify our connections, we make better decisions. Um, we have more access to information. We are further up on the connector spectrum. So one of the things we don't want to do is we don't want to call out the differences. We want to call out the similarities because the differences are often obvious between us. But the similarities are things that we have to look for. And so one of the ways to be a more inclusive connector is to think about focusing on the similarities, calling out those similarities. It's not about just... Diminishing or
0: disregarding those differences, but that that's not
1: where we need to start and that's not where we need to focus.
0: It's interesting you should say that because there's been a couple of times where I've reached out to someone here in Melbourne. We've just come out of a very, very tight lockdown. So for me, it's been very intentional in networking on LinkedIn. And it's interesting because some people reach out and say, Well, actually, you're not my ideal client. So I'm keeping that open and free. And I'm thinking, Well, I may not be your ideal client, but I talk to a lot of people around the globe connected to people such as Michelle Letterman, who is a specialist and expert in this area. And so, that's the kind of thing you're talking about, isn't it? Don't just be so focused, narrow-minded, because you just don't know who that person is connected to and can open you up to a whole new area of people, yes? That's exactly it. I have always been against this word networking.
1: I- I'm like... It has the word work in it. Who wants to do it? Yeah. And when I was writing the the most recent book, The Connector's Advantage, my brother-in-law came in my office and he said, well, what's the difference between networking and, and a connector? And I said, networking is something that you do. A connector, that's who you are. And that's the shift I want people to make rather than doing something. And, and when we tend to network, we network for need and we network for now. And it is very um, narrowly focused, as you said. But when we think about just connecting and building relationships because we want to, because we get to, then we have this really um, firm and tight community that you can call upon. And I got to tell you, you know, it it was people I went to business school that, um, you know, got me a client at the MoMA. And my sister's boyfriend from middle school got me into NBC. So (laughs) it isn't. (laughs) About strategic networking. It isn't about, well, you know, you, I don't want to talk to you because you can't do anything for me. It's being social and curious, which is one of the mindsets. It's being open and accepting. It's
0: it's enjoying the connection for the sake of connection and knowing that the rest will follow. I love how you've mentioned that about connecting because one of the things that I uh, saw in your book and, and in the, the, the profile was that so often as introverts, and I'm an introvert, an extroverted introvert, put a microphone in front of me and I'm I'm in my zone. But for me, going out and networking, as you say, I just don't enjoy it. But talk about connecting because introverts, we love those deeper relationships, we' curious about people. And so us for us, it may be not as many, but deeper relationships. And so this is for all extroverts and introverts. So Michelle, let's dive in. We've talked about the seven levels oh, of... I, I've say- yes, I've
1: got to say something about that because I am so glad you brought that up. I hear that all the time about, um, you know, I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm not a natural networker. And when I talk about the mindset of social and curious, I don't mean a social butterfly or the life of the party. I mean, somebody who is willing to put themselves in a situation to be curious about one other person. And introverts actually have an innate advantage when it comes to connecting because they are better listeners. They are better in the one-on-one. They are better at asking probing questions and really um, building off of it. Where they want to work is on the share, right, and being willing to tell more information about themselves. Um, but the, one of the other advantages of an introvert is that they're not off-putting. They don't come
0: on too strong and, and have people go, whoa! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That that's right. So I love that. So thank you for dispelling that myth because uh, everything that you've just say, said there is so true. So we've hinted that you're going to share more about the seven levels of connectors. What are they?
1: There's seven levels and there's seven mindsets. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you both. When we talk about levels of connector, the connector spectrum um, is is what I call it. And and I'm gonna venture to guess that nobody out there is a non-connector, right? That's all the way. I don't even believe that relationships are valuable. I don't think anyone thinks that. Maybe you just don't have the skills or the confidence yet, and so you might just be a merging connector. Once you are starting to get people asking to connect with you and asking for uh, favors or introductions, then you're a responsive connector because you are responding to the requests coming in. When you initiate, this is the first lever I want you to pull. When you start to initiate the connection reach outs, when you start to initiate the introductions, when you start to initiate how you can add value, you are an acting connector, and that's a great target level for people to get to. To get to the upper echelons, that's when we want to go either deep or broad. And we were talking about this. Deep is the niche connector where you know everybody in a certain, um, you know, I know everybody in media or I know everybody in real estate uh, or I know everybody in my hometown. So um, you have a niche and it's really, really deep. When you go broad, up and down the hierarchy, across Uh, geography, across industry, across function, then you are a super connector. And if you cross your country's borders, which we're doing right now, you're a global super connector. Those are the seven levels of connector. And I actually can give you the quiz, and I think I might have shared it with you. We have a little quiz. It takes about three minutes, 10 questions for you to figure out where you fall
0: on that connector spectrum. Yeah, fantastic. Well, what we might do is get that link up there and share that with, with uh, people. But I just want to enter, um, bring in Sue Rumick's uh, comment here. She says, as an introvert, I prefer to hear all about another person than share about myself. And I, I can certainly relate to that too. And I think, you know, in, a, in an environment where often people cannot wait to share more information about themselves, it would be very refreshing when the person to whom you're speaking with is taking the time to hear. Learn about you to ask probing questions. That to me is going to stand out far more, and you're going to be able to help people more about who can I connect them with with my with my network. And if you're a global super connector, that certainly is something that you really are going to be able to reach far and wide uh, across the, the world. Now, if someone is seeing uh, you wanted to say something, uh, yes,
1: because I wanted to address what Sue had said. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love that she shared this, and, and I think everybody out there we know that. We tend towards either introversion or extroversion. And if you're an introvert, you see that You know, Sue has the advantage because people love talking about themselves and she's able to listen and she's able to start to figure out how she can help everything that you said. Um, But Sue, I always want us to stretch ourselves. So your stretch is to find moments that you're willing to share a little bit about yourself. And then don't worry, I'll let you flip it right back to them and put a question back in. But I want you to think about it as a dance because what you really want to do is have an exchange. You want people to get to know you as well and that increases their comfort. So you want to make sure that you're asking questions that you might actually be willing to share information about yourself. The flip of that for the extrovert is that
0: they need to ask more questions and share maybe a little bit less. And I fall on that side of the spectrum. I love that. And thank you, uh, Sue, for for sharing that. And if anyone else is listening or watching and uh, would like to ask a question of Michelle, please, now is the time to be able to do that. So as people were listening to you share the different seven levels, and let me just mention them again, a non-connector, emerging connector, responsive connector, acting connector, niche connector, super connector, and global super connector, are you able to go, this might seem like a silly question, but I can ask them and there are no such thing as silly questions. Are there specific things that you want to have in place and things that you're doing that enable you to go from, say, a responsive connector to a super and then a global super connector? Are there some steps in between that?
1: Um, you know, th- there's a lot of steps. <laughs> um, but one of the things I just want you to think that one easy thing that every listener can out there do right now is think about how do I add value? One of the mindsets of a connector is a generous spirit and thinking about how do we add value to the person we're talking to? And just as Sue was learning all about them and, and bringing in that information, what her brain should be doing is, is is thinking about how do I answer that question? But you can also just ask the question. You can say, well, what are you focused on right now? Or, or uh, who would you like to meet? Or is there something I can do to help you? Or any of those questions. Now, here's the other trick of that. And Sue, you might not like this part, (laughs) Um, but I want you to have an answer to the question, too, because as we're all building our connector skills and somebody poses that question out so that we can figure out how can I be helpful, that person might go, thanks for asking, and how can I help you? Mm. And that's another mindset of a connector is to have a clear vision. The connector's advantage is, is faster, easier, better results. Right. Whatever it is you're working on, I could put statistics behind all the things that we tend to work on in terms of, you know, getting a client, getting a referral, building the business, Um, even health and happiness. I've got statistics of why connections and relationships have that impact. You know, whatever that is, if we are not clear
0: on what we are going after, how are you going to get that result? So, so important. And uh, Sue says that I'm a life coach and have learned balance between both. So, uh, that's fantastic. And Sue, by the way, for those of you who are um, sharing comments, I do bring them in and it just allows us to have a little bit of a round table as well. So, don't hold back. Uh, I love the way that Michelle is able to respond to those. So, Michelle, we've also said the seven mindset of connectors, you've already hinted to one that, um, you know, they they want it to be supportive, but let's dive a little bit deeper across those seven mindsets because I'm sure as we start to adopt and and use these mindsets, then we are able to become that global super connector. So what are some of the key mindsets you want to share with us today?
1: So I'll list all seven and then you can pick or your audience can pick in the in their chat comments which ones they want me to dive into. Yeah. So con- connectors are open and accepting. they have a clear vision. they believe in abundance, they trust, they are social and curious, they are conscientious, and they have a generous spirit.
0: What would you say are ones, let's let's talk about the, the one that you find many people may not even be aware that this is a mindset that they need to have when they want to become a global super connector and they really want to build those relationships that uh, is a win-win-win for everyone. Which of those seven do you think is really important? Uh, they they all are but i think the one that people find
1: the most challenging is the mindset of abundance and it's because when we think about the opposite of abundance the idea of scarcity is uh, is tangible it's real i understand not having something and honestly negativity is far more influential than than positivity so when we think about abundance it is a challenge for people to to adopt that mindset so let me first explain what abundance Is right, it is not everything's fabulous and everything's wonderful. It's the idea that things can be and probably will be better than they are right now. And so, for example, when I was back in my finance days, that recovering CPA that I am, uh, there's no female partners in the firm, there was a female senior manager. But she had a scarcity mindset. She did not help any women behind her because she was basically thinking, I'm the only one who's going to make it to the top, and there's only room for one woman. That's scarcity. A abundant mindset would be, hey, there might not be any women there, but hey, let's let's all power through that ceiling and get there together, and there's room for more. So the challenges we face are jealousy, um, defensiveness, uh, fear, protectiveness. And we need to shift that mindset. And one of the easy practices to implement to start to adopt an abundant mindset is simply a practice of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So um, don't compare yourself against other people, right? Compare yourself only against yourself because there's always somebody who's doing better. There's always somebody who's doing worse. So just focus on on your individual goals and and focus on yourself. Find small ways to focus on what's good, right? So... (laughs) My my son can be a little bit negative. And if I say, How's your day? He'll tell me about only the bad thing. And I put a little sign in his room, today might not be a good day, but there's good in every day. And so the practice that we put in place was, what's the good of today? Right? Where's the good today? Um, it could be, you know, what was the best part of your day? Sometimes it's just at the end of the day, asking yourself, did I make somebody smile today? Who have I helped today? What am I proud of today? Any of those questions can make you feel good. It, you know, during this challenging time and everyone's like, how you doing? And I'm like, <sighs> feeling grateful. Yeah. right? And and that's really like, you know, you, you exhale, there's a lot of things that you feel right now. And then I shift my mind immediately to a response of feeling grateful and list all the things I'm grateful for and keep that very front of mind. And that's how I continue to have an abundant mindset.
0: Yeah. It's so important because if I think back to my career industry days, some of my, what, who you would call, and think to be competitors became my closest allies and a number of them actually incorporated some of the areas that I specialised in and love doing into their work, their packages and programs. And so you can make great referral partners. You can have that camaraderie because they understand what you often go through in your industry. But we wouldn't think of that in abundance, would we? We wouldn't think of sharing um, connections with people that, we? oh, I can't do that because, you know, they may take Business from me, which is certainly not the case. Uh, I love that. I I love everything you just said. This is, this is an interesting point. Um, Sue says, I used to be afraid to share what I wanted or needed, but have gotten more extroverted at asking. This is so great, Sue. Could you speak a little bit into this, Michelle? Because I know that you said that one of the the mindset of connectors is to have a generous spirit. And I know many of us, we do. We will share resources. We will give recommendations, all of that. But when it comes to asking, we can be a little bit shy. And, and how can we break through that, that um, mindset? Such a powerful question,
1: and I'm so glad that the listeners are putting questions in. Um, this is part of the mindset of have a clear vision. You need to know what you want, and you need to be willing to ask for it. But we want to ask for it in a way that doesn't put the relationship at risk. And there are multiple ways that we can ask to do that, so in the book I talk about the opt-out ask, the convenient ask, the um, non-ask, uh, the make it easy ask, right? <laughs> the alternative ask. There's all different types of asks. So um, let me just give you two, just so you can walk away with something. Um, the opt-out ask is my favorite. It it basically makes it as easy for somebody to say no as it is for them to say yes. Because yes is an easy answer and no is a challenging answer. And when I have to say no or when I want to say no, I now feel uncomfortable and I want to avoid you. That puts the relationship at risk. But if I make no okay, then I'm not putting the relationship at risk and I might get a yes down the road. So it might sound something like, if you have the time, I would appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. Or if your company allows it, I would welcome you, blah, 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 blah. So whatever it is you're asking for, you're prefacing it with the excuse. And they can easily say, oh, you know, things are just so busy right now. Or they can say, you know, my company doesn't allow that. And that makes it, OK, I totally understand, no problem. And then sometimes what they might do is offer something alternative, right, that kind of goes into some of the more advanced techniques. Um, the non-ask is my other favorite one that I love to share. And this is the idea that we're not asking for anything specific, but what we're doing is sharing what we're working on or sharing our focus. And so it might be, hey, I'm I'm trying to make my book a, a bestseller. Any ideas? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm trying to hit a hundred reviews on Amazon. Like that's my current goal. And then shut up. Because what happens when you put out what you're working on is that it naturally kind of drives people's desire because I believe that people always have the desire to be helpful. And to be useful,
0: right? And so when you share that goal. Someone, Michelle, who can help you get to, you know, so many likes and so many downloads. We want to support, don't we? And and when we do that, we give the space for them to step forward if they can. And it feels so good, right? It feels so good when we're able to help somebody else. And when
1: we are not willing to ask, we don't give other people the opportunity to feel good. And that's a really great mental thing for you to say is, you know what? hey, I can make somebody else feel valuable. I can make them feel um, useful. I can give them that feeling that I get when I help somebody else. And it makes it easier for us to ask.
0: Yeah, so true. Um, As I'm going through and looking at um, the mindset of a connector, number four, connectors trust, and then also number six, connectors are conscientious. To me, they also kind of relate because the, con. talk a little bit about conscientious, because if we're not conscientious, we may also limit or inhibit the connector's trust that we actually cause mistrust in the way that we're connecting and not following through. So, talk a little bit about those two, if you would.
1: Absolutely. And and what you're actually sharing is, is that these are not linear. These all kind of enable each other, right? It's hard to have a generous spirit if you don't have a mindset of abundance. You know It's hard to have trust when there's not conscientiousness. So when we think about conscientiousness, a connector does what they say they're going to do. They follow up. They follow through. As a result, they have to be really clear on what they're willing to say yes to and what they're willing to say no to. Now, we just talked about how yes and no are difficult sometimes. I don't think they should be one-word answers. So one of the things I talk about is that you can say yes if, yes when, yes after, yes with, right? And so you manage what that yes looks like and you manage the expectations of when that yes might happen or how that yes might happen. And also, no but. I usually say ban the but, but except when you say no. No but, here's who could help you, or no but, here's another idea for you, or no but, if you can do this, then we could make that happen. Mm -hmm. And so that conscientiousness is really about understanding your boundaries, your criteria for a yes versus a no, and understanding that they're not one word answers. And when we do that, we are able to follow up and follow through and build trust because trust is a whole big topic. Um, You know, and one of the activities I do when I'm training is I actually ask people what the definition of trust is. What do we do to build, break, and restore it? And I've never gotten the same definition twice, but one of my favorite definitions, and um, it's, and I know what page it's on because I refer to it often. I have two favorite definitions in the book. And one is really simple, and it is trust is the expectation of predictability. So simple, right? It's not a negative or positive. It's just, I predict. And here's the other one. It's a little longer. Trust is a feeling or connection that creates a bond rooted in certainty, reliability, and consistency. There's no timeline for creation or destruction. It is fluid. And I love that idea of it is fluid because all the microactions that we have on a daily basis are either going to contribute to building trust or to breaking it. But trust isn't in itself a positive thing. Because if it's the expectation of predictability, I can trust my dog to eat my lunch if I leave it unattended. My dog is predictable. I can trust that at the most inopportune time, she will bark. And I don't know if you heard her, but she was whining a little bit already on this.
0: Uh, yeah, so amazing.
1: yeah, yeah. So I talk about four pillars of trust, authenticity, vulnerability, transparency, and consistency. And we go into a lot of detail on on those things. But if you think about those four words, um, that is really what's going to hold your trust up.
0: Yeah. Uh, What I'd love you to do, I mean, you've held your book up there. I know that you said you had a, a special offer I'd love for you to uh, to share a little bit more about that. I'm going to put a link up so that people um, can make a note of that. And, um, and then after you've shared about how they can connect, the special offer, I'm going to ask a question around if we do become a global super connector, that's a lot of connections and a lot of people and it's kind of storing and managing so that we, we can really leverage the best and be able to, to support that large network. So, I'd love to finish off by diving in a little bit bit into that. But firstly, Michelle, tell us about the uh, the special offer that you have. Uh, and I would love to dive into that too.
1: So yes, um, it is the season of gift giving and I want you to be able to give the gift of connection. There are people that you want to connect with or reconnect with. It is a great client gift. And I actually do it all the time to my clients. Um, So I have a special, you can see that link, you get the book, you get a bookmark, you get it autographed, you get a personalized note, you get it in a nice little um, decorative looking bag. uh, And um, you can go to that link, you can order online. If you want to order for a whole team, just send me an email. Um, I'm actually doing it for a whole team in Canada right now. And she gave me a whole list of names and I'm signing all the books um, to give that really personalized gift and get connected.
0: Yeah, fantastic, and of course the link is there. Um, and and Michelle, for those people who are listening to the recording later, just uh, share with them, and, and obviously they don't they don't have access to uh, to this visual aspect. What is the website that that is best for you, them to connect with you? Perfect, and it's just my website, which is
1: Michelle M I C H E L L E T I L L I S l-e-d-e-r-m-a-n.com. And from there, you can link in to me, you can find my YouTube, you can find my blog. There's lots of places. Um, And if you want to get to the gift of connection, just click on the books tab and you'll find it.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So, we'll finish off by addressing that question. So, we have been doing what you've advised us to do. We've become that global super connector. We've got incredible list of wonderful names and connections. What are some tips to help us to manage that so that it doesn't become overwhelming?
1: And, and I get this all the time. So time is, is the biggest challenge in this. And I will admit that I don't have a CRM. I don't have a big system to do all of this. I simply have habits. And my habits are that when I speak to somebody, I talk about when we will connect next, and I immediately put their name into my calendar that far out. So right now I have names in my calendar, sometimes six months out, and all of a sudden their name will pop up, and then I don't have to remember. My calendar will tell me, oh, go reach out to (laughs) Anne-Marie. And so those are habits that you want to think about. What are the habits that I need? Um, I also am all about underutilized time. So when you think about doing the things that you're already doing, When we got to go to the gym, when we got to get our nails done, when we got to go to the dog park, I would always invite people to go with me. Or I would have a meeting during... I've had a lot of meetings getting my nails done and at the dog park. It's fantastic because it really finds time to do things. And you're connecting on something that you both have an interest in, even if it is nails. Um, So really, when somebody comes to your mind... I want you to immediately do something to react to the fact that they are in your mind. Either put their name in your calendar or just send a little quick note that says, hey, you just popped into my mind. was thinking about you. How are things going? It doesn't have to be big.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we look at it as, as almost like this grand, um, you know, grand plan and strategy. But really, it is about connecting, reaching out. Is there anything that I can support you with? What are some of the projects that you're working on? Just that curiosity and that connection, I think, can can lead a long way. And and I know one of my my clients actually does that regularly. She 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 connects and reconnects with clients, even and former clients. How are you going? Are there things that perhaps that I'm doing that can tap into and and just doing that you <laughs> In a habitual way that you say, it just becomes part of the habit. Um, then it's something that you just do as a normal course of of your day. Because with what you're talking about, everything that you've shared today, and of course far far more in in your book, is something that we need to be doing as part of our normal course of the business. It's not just one of those things that we think, "Well, I'll get to to, to my connection down the track." It has to be because, as you said, now is the age of now networking. And now what better opportunity to start tapping out and reaching and building your community online, you know, through the technologies that we have at our fingertips.
1: We feel so disconnected
0: right now. People are welcoming the connections. So don't hesitate. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much, Michelle, for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast, Brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to stand out,
0: be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry? Access our free five-day money, marketing, and mindset boost masterclass. Go to
1: www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. That's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.